Now, what we're talking about here in the new anointing is not the minor leagues. It's not softball, brother. We're playing hardball. This is the real thing, bless God, and this is where it's at, right up there. Go on, tell him. I'll turn my back to him. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Now, this isn't a doctrine. I'm saying all that to tell you this. This isn't a doctrine. But it's to help us to focus in to a reality. And I'm not up here to tell you how big a part of this purpose is. We know that without the cross, there wouldn't be any of the others. But 2,000 years ago, God sent Jesus into this world for a divine purpose. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. And the word became flesh. God sent his son into this world for a divine purpose. Many years ago, in the heavens, a battle raged. An angelic being by the name of Lucifer that was a bright and morning, glorious, magnificent angelic being conceived an evil thought. The thought was this, I will rise up before the most high God and set myself above it him and his throne and bring him down beneath me. Did you know the Bible says that we are created in the image of God? Look at Mars tonight. Do you think God looks like me? Look at my eyes. 
Look at my physical features, my cheekbones, the structure of my face. How many of you think God and I look alike? Yet the Bible says we are created in the image of God. But you know and I know that when it says that, it doesn't mean in physical likeness. We are created in the image of God. Where is the image of God if it is not in our physical body? That is correct. It's in our spirits. God is a spirit. Say it. Man is created in the image of God. Man is spirit. Say it. See, we are not our houses of muscle and bone. That's all this is. It's a shell. If it's buried in the ground, it'll disintegrate. And don't fool yourself. It won't be resurrected. Bless God. I don't want this old piece of junk. You know what my prayer for you was? It was that God would anoint your eyes and would help you to see. To see what, Brother Shirley? To see God as he really is. Why? Because too many people have limited him. And the biggest reason why we put a limit on a God that knows no limit is because we do not see him as he is. We've been talking about going beyond. The surface. We have said that our battle is not with things, but that if we are going to have the victory, we're going to have to go to the root cause, and we're going to have to deal with the cause. What you and I see on the surface, the cancer, is not what we're going to deal with. And when you walk out of here and you begin to be used by God to minister to the sick and to the afflicted, you're not going to come up against the cancer. Why? Because the cancer is not the problem. It's not the problem. 
It's what causes the cancer. And I'm not talking about medical causes. We walk out of here and we start dealing with arthritis and heart trouble and all these other sicknesses and diseases and infirmities and the problems in our homes and our families and our children and people that we love that are on dope and drugs and alcohol and tobacco. We're not going to attack the things, but we're going to go down and we're going to find the root cause. Man lives in two worlds. He lives in a natural world and he lives in a spirit world. We're going beyond the surface, past the natural, and we're going into the spirit world. All right, how many of you can see this beautiful watch? It's a, it's a magnificent watch. How about up in the balcony? All of my friends up in the balcony see this? Come on, students, way up there in the balcony. Can you see it? All right, everybody here in the main floor, can you see it? Isn't it a beautiful watch? It is. The only problem is you haven't seen it. You say, Brother Sula, well, it sure looks like it. I can see it. What you are seeing is this beautiful band and the face, but you're not seeing the watch at all. To call this band and this the watch would be nothing less than presumption. What is the watch? The watch is the inner mechanism. If I would pull off the back, thanks an awful lot, John. I better give it back to you right now. <laughs> if I would take off the back and let you see the inner mechanism, then you would be able to say, I have seen the watch. Now, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus Christ was here on earth, people looked at him, but they did not see him. Now, you understand what I'm talking about? Seeing God as he is. And when you see him as he is, never limit him. Man was created in the image of God. Got to just give it to you quickly. God is a spirit. Man is a spirit. And let's understand, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The first rule of spiritual battle is to locate our enemy 
We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers and spiritual wickednesses which are in the high places of the earth. Satan also is spirit. And that's where our battle is. It's in the spirit world. Now, there's something about angels that had the same type of characteristic as we do. They were not puppets. You look at Mars, there are no strings on me. And I want to tell you in this building tonight, God will never force anybody to do anything against his image which is inside of them. And you know what that image of God is? When God created us, he made us like little gods. Excuse that expression. He put in our beings his image, which is a reflection of his characteristics. He is a God of power. He created Adam in the Garden of Eden and he gave to him power. He is a God of authority. He created Adam and put him in the Garden of Eden and he gave him dominion, the Bible says, and authority over every created being. He is a God that has the ability to move in an independent manner. He gave to Adam his image, which was called Adam's free moral will. The image of God in every one of us is that free will that God put within us. There are no strings on us. God doesn't say raise your hand and you raise your hand. God doesn't say raise your leg and you raise your leg and all of a sudden it's like He's got you on strings and you just dangle and do everything He commands. Oh no, brother. He put within you his image, his willpower, and you have the right to choose when God put Adam and Eve in the garden and he created them 
gave them his image. They had two choices. Obey God, walk before him, keep his commandments, or disobey him. That's what made the relationship so marvelous. And somehow, in the mystery of God, when God created angels, he gave them the same ability to obey or disobey. They had a choice. And they still have that choice now. And Lucifer rose up against God to set himself higher, to take the kingdom of God. And the most amazing thing was, now you don't have to believe this, but you know it doesn't make any difference sometimes what we believe when the facts speak for themselves. The facts are that almost one-third of all the angelic beings of heaven followed Lucifer in this rebellion against God. One-third. Satan came in this great battle that he lost in the heavenlies and he launched an attack on God's creation, the earth. And Adam and Eve, he said, hath God not said, <laughs> look at all that beautiful fruit. And Eve said, oh, yes, he did. I can eat of all of it, but there's one tree I can't eat of. Tree of knowledge, good and evil. And the day that I do, death is going to come. Oh, the devil said, God doesn't mean that. Now, that's the purpose of Satan. Put it in your spirit. It's compromise, deceit, lies. It's his business to make us believe God does not mean what he says. You please excuse me. He's out to do a number on every denomination to make us believe that God doesn't mean what he says. And I've got news for you, my brother, and I've got news for you, my sister, and I've got news for us all across this nation, brother, that God knows exactly 
what he's doing. He means exactly what he says, and he doesn't need any theologian to interpret it. He needs a little child to accept it. She partook of the fruit voluntarily. So did Adam. When they ate of the fruit, believe me, it was more than a little simple act of taking that fruit and eating of it. It was equivalent to the same experience as that one-third of those angels who turned their allegiance from Almighty God and gave their allegiance to Satan. Now put this in your spirit. Put it in your spirit. Listen to me. We have only one element in our nature that affects every aspect of our being. And it is where sin has its root. It is in our will. But put this in your spirit. There's nothing about you and there's nothing about this little Jew preacher in myself that gives me the ability to reach up and to appropriate this powerful manifestation of salvation. Now, just listen. Put in your spirit. I'm going to say it again. We have only one element of our nature that affects every aspect of our being. And it is where sin has its root. Man's That image of God that God gave to him that man took and surrendered it to Satan. Do you think that in 
yourself and in your sinful nature and in your human struggles that you can reach up and you can appropriate God who is a supernatural being. No! You say, Brother Shula, how do you do it? I'll tell you how you do it. The Spirit of God comes upon us. And what do we have control over? Shout it. Shout it. That's the only ingredient. 